Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, the shark bait has such teeth. And it shows them pearly white Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe And it keeps it uh, out of sight You know when that shark bite so welcome everybody to another Macklin's Take with me Andy Clark and Matt Macklin as always and today we're up in the north of England, we're in Sheffield and we tracked down somebody who's always been on the list, uh, I do tend to say that about quite a few people but, but this man's name was on the list right from the very beginning, we just had to wait until we were up here uh, in his neck of the woods because Sheffield, Doncaster, Rotherham, uh, that is where he does his finest work. Uh, and it's former fighter, now promoter, manager, trainer, Steffi Ball. Steffi, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Excited to be here. It's great to have you on. And I'll just, I'll just mention this now because it will get referred to during the course of the podcast, I'm sure, is that it's Friday, uh, February the 7th, and Terry Harper has her world title fight against Eva Wallström tomorrow at the Sheffield Arena. Anthony Tomlinson, another one of Steffi's fighters, is, is also on. By the time you listen to this, that fight will have been and gone but we'll obviously talk about Terry at some point. So hopefully by the time you hear this, she will also be WBC champion as well as IBO champion. And, and it is quite a story, uh, that one. More of that later. First yep. of all, I had a look at your, well, familiarised myself once again with your, with your boxing record, actually, when I was yeah. coming up on the train today. And it's a good career. It's, it's a career to be, to be proud of in the ring, I think. A central area title, which is not yeah. an easy thing to win. Boxed for an English title. Yeah. Boxed Amir Khan at the Millennium Stadium. Yeah. I mean, good days. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I was fighting, you thought, as, as you think, yeah, this is what I'm cut out to do. And then kind of, when I finish fighting and training fighters, you, you, I thought, oh, this is what I, watch, what, I, what I feel like I was cut out to do. And, managing then promoting and so on but going back to when I was a fighter I, I was under no disillusion that I was the best 
because I was far from it. I know I know my level. I was a, a realist, and and that's why I was uh, competing at the level I was. When I stepped up at the highest level domestically, uh, I seem to have fallen short. But yeah, I'm very I'm very honest about my career. But one thing's for sure, I wasn't the best, but I definitely definitely gave it my best. All you know, training eight ten weeks at a time. John Rushton, who was my manager when I was fighting, we I say if we had four or five fights. I used to sell Donk a year. I used to sell Doncaster Dome out. Very good ticket seller, so hence John paving uh, paving a decent career for me. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think one fight that sticks out most uh, being on the bill as a fighter was Sheffield Sheffield Arena, uh, Full Monty where I thought uh, Adeem Pithia was a very, very good fighter. He was the last person to beat uh, Nassim Ahmed uh, as, a, as an amateur. And uh, I, I was sat in the, in a pub. Believe it or not, I shouldn't really be saying this, but I was on my third pint of lager. And my manager come in. There were no mobile phones back then in 97. And, and Johnny Rushton come in. And, he, and Johnny, believe it or not, used to fly around in not a car, but an awesome carriage. And he pulled it outside local pub on an awesome carriage, and and he says to me, "I've got you a fight tomorrow night if you want it." And all my mates were there, and it was only because I had three pints that I said that I said I'd have it. But yeah, Dean Piffy WBO title. I think I was nine and zero at time. I'm only nineteen years old. I'd actually purchased a ticket ringside. John Joe Irwin were fighting Paul Ingle. It was a fantastic card. Ryan Rhodes on the bill. We're now very good friends. At main event with Joe Calzaghi. Uh, and what a story. On that morning, I had to have my medical. I, my medical had run out. I passed out. I used to pass out on my uh, HIV test on my medical every year without fail, and I passed out. And I went and, and went 11 rounds with Dean Piffy on a day's notice. And uh, it was just one of them. I was young. It was in the zone, like say, in Yorkshire. And it was just one of them. I wouldn't be denied. Uh, I wobbled him heavy, and I got stuck with body shots in round 11. But that just because... I had nothing in me to give. Nothing, no, I couldn't. I couldn't have done another round if it if it were in me. And so, for me, when I look back at all them fights, I think I had over forty pro. That that's one that'll just stick me wherever. More than the Amir can, more than the other things. Just the whole how it happened. And uh, yeah, I'm a very a, a very proud. Uh, I, I'm very proud of what I, I did in boxing. Uh, like I say, I know I want the best, but I did my best, and I know where I went wrong. And I, and I believe that's how I can correct it with fighters. What's interesting too, when you look back at, at the fights you had and, and listening to you talk about it there, is that it was almost, well, not almost, it was the perfect apprenticeship to go on and do what you've been doing because you did it all. Yeah. You sold a lot of tickets in a local area, tick. You knew how to do that. Yeah. You boxed on big shows, tick. You knew what that was like. Yeah. You took the away corner against Amir Khan on a big show. Yeah. You knew what that was like. You took a fight at a day's notice. So you were obviously in the in the gym and stayed fit. So yeah. you knew what that was like. Final fight against Curtis Woodhouse. That was, that was a rough old do. Yeah. So you knew what that was like. Yeah. So by the time it came to to looking after other people's careers, yeah. Matt, he's kind of he's sort of perfect, really. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I mean, how how do you explain the business of boxing to someone? You don't go to you can't go to university and go. Oh, well, I want to study. Uh, I want to do a degree in the business of boxing. You know, but it's a real business making. You know, multi multi million pound business throughout the world. Yet, you know, by being involved, yeah. experience, trial and error, making mistakes, learning. Um, like like you just said there, you, you know what it's like to to feel 
you know it's like when someone comes to you and goes, I've got this fight, do you want to take it? As a fighter, you know what that likes feel, yeah. how that feels. So if you're going to approach a fighter that you're managing and looking after, you'll know what he's, you'll know the little fears and doubts yeah, and things uh, he'll have. You'll know, you'll, you'll, before he even goes there, you'll say, look, you, I'm, I'm assuming you'll, if he's not fit, you'll say, look, I know you took it a short week's notice, but the upside is this, and if you lose, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, the blah, 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 right? You're going to, yeah, 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 And all the rest exactly, of it. But, yeah. You know, and so a fighter can, um, you know, they'll, they'll know that you know where they're coming from. They'll know what they're thinking, how they're feeling. And I just think it, it helps. If you've been there and you've been in that position, 100%. when you're then the person trying to speak to the person, you're going to talk his language. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you, would you, or would you rather have in your corner somebody that's been there and done it or somebody, you know, as a fighter, you're going to 100%, 99.9% of the time, you're going to want somebody that's been there and done it in your corner. Yeah, or yeah. but it, but even in in the management end of things, yeah, like you yeah. say, I mean, in your corner, uh, metaphorically speaking, yeah. but the fact that you can say, "I know what it's like." Yeah, exactly. I know you're not as fit as you could the, be, but this fight, even down to as a promoter, it's like sometimes. I mean, my wife says it: "You're too soft, or you're too this." There's a lot of promoters out there that's never been it on nose, and some and, and some some how they work with some fighters. It, you know, it's business orientated, and we know, like you've just said, professional boxing is a business. But at the end of the day, let's have some compassion. These fight, I've been there every side now, trainer, manager, promoter. These people, fighters, are putting their life on the line. A life. You know, show some compassion and, 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 and it's getting the right balance. And I have, I have done every role to... I am 100% there for the fighter. There's nothing that I haven't done as a fighter and nothing... I've even experienced somebody losing a life on my show, uh, God Rest His Soul, uh, Scott Westgarth, of recent times. I've, uh, there's not much that hasn't happened to me in boxing. I'm only 42 years old. There's not much I, I've not experienced. Uh, I'm not one of the big names, or, or, or but I, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm very dedicated to what I do. And there's not many, ex, you know, the things that I've experienced in boxing as a fighter, manager, trainer. I've been in world title fights. I've had Jamie McDonald uh, as a coach winning world title fights, and 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 if Terry Harper wins this uh, world title tomorrow, I'll be the first coach, which don't, has not been mentioned in Britain, to win a world title with both male and female, and and for me, I'm, I'm a boxing fan. It, it makes me very proud. So, yeah, there's not much that I've not experienced on, as, as coming from a fighter to to coaching them now myself. So when you were boxing, did you give much thought to what you might do when you finished? Was it always in your mind that this might be for no, you? No, when, when, when I was still fighting, a young lad uh, who lives near me, I ended up being very good friends with him, our best man to his wedding. He, he was a national schoolboy champion boxing for England and he asked, his dad asked if I'd coach him because he, he wasn't getting enough time spent in his local amateur club. So that's where... I kind of started coaching fighters, and I was still boxing when Jamie McDonald landed on me on my lap. I, I I've always had my own gym. I had a little gym, and uh, Jamie had come away from John Rushton. It'd be he'd signed with Dennis Hobson, and he was training over in Sheffield. And I just started taking him. I've always been. When you're a boxing man, you're a boxing man, aren't you? It's like when you know to grab a pair of pads, or if you you, you can see things and explain things. And I, and I did a bit of work with Jamie, just like more keeping fit. And then he asked me if if I if I train him. And uh, so so that's where I got me 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 my trainer's license, which is ten years. I think it, ten years ago, nine, just over ten years ago. 
So no, I never thought of what I would do next because I was still fighting at the time. I was 32 years old when I started training Jamie and then everything was a natural progression. Once Jamie were having all this success of British and there were fighters locally, then, oh, let's go to that gym. They must be doing something right. Jamie's doing well. And then before you know it, I, I were training in his gym that many fighters. Then I needed a manager's licence. They needed managing. So I, then I got my manager's licence. And uh, I'm very close friends with Carl Greaves, who works very similar to me. He's there for the fight, and he's fantastic at what he does. He managed me for my last four fights. And then I, I, I think I was managing about nine fighters. And then I started promoting... Carl were putting shows on for me at Doncaster Dome. So everything was a natural progression. Nothing was planned. It just it just like... It was just so easy. I'm blessed, I think, to 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 find something so easy and be able to make a living and, and live well for doing something I love. I, I can pinch myself. I mean, being here on this big event and, and Terry fighting for the WBC world title... It, it's, it's just another day at the office, but I still like, you know, I'm, I'm living a dream job. Hey, 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 kids. Hey, everybody. Sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in health, thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes. It's called The Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to The Desire and Capital Podcast, coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go! What's interesting too is that when you were when you were boxing, and we had Ryan Rhodes on uh, a yeah. few months ago. When, when you were boxing, it was the time of the of the Sheffield boom. Really, yeah. there was Sheffield yeah. and Manchester. They were the two scenes that were yeah. really dominating. Matt knows all about the Manchester well, can, scene. Yeah, I, I, he was I, part of that. Yeah, I was a massive boxing fan, and, and uh, I've sat at home and watched watched Matt for many years. And I can remember Facey getting a or an eight round uh, Andrew Facey when you boxed. Ten rounder. Don't remind nobody, him. Yeah, this is, but nobody expected it because I can. That you, the made a big splash when when Matt were boxing over being uh, how educated he was and everything. And I sat home and nobody expected that fight. And and, and like you say, oh, and in fact, what the success from the Sheffield era had in the late nineties, early millennium, and then it seemed to have gone from Manchester that Liverpool had success. There's like fight cities. It goes like that, doesn't it? In waves, you know, success yeah. breeds success. Success, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and at minute we're having, I'm having a really good run in in, in my own gym in, in in Doncaster. But yeah, the the when Ryan Rhodes, uh, Spice Boy era and things like that, they had a they had a great stable. Carl's, you know, when that when. Uh, what they call it, box Carl Thompson in a couple of cracking fights. Uh, Eubank. Yeah, yeah, what a great era. It's, it's, the, the fight, the fight city into Sheffield. It's over the years has been renowned for some, some, some great fighters coming through. I remember being at that uh, that that show. Actually, I was I think I was like sixteen. It was uh, the Eubank Carl Thompson rematch. It was a, yeah. Yeah, a stacked card again. I, yeah. I can't remember. What, 
It wasn't the full Monty. I can't remember what it was I, called. I think they did a few. I think they did. They did one. They like. I think one more like. A, mm. I think they did a full Monty too. Or a, they did yeah. some like a half Monty. They followed two on it. But the, the Frank Warren cars. They did some fantastic. I remember how Clark had a decent win against a guy called Jason Papillon on yes. it on the card, and there was a few. And I remember there was a, there was a carload of us that went up and. Uh, one of my mates weren't really a boxing fan, but used to come to the boxing, enjoy the crack and that. And when Eubank was coming out and the uh, Simply the Best was on and everyone was just yeah. like, Eubank, Eubank. Yeah, and times. Going, Fuck this, next time, let's just go to a Tina Turner concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh, I loved Eubank. Uh, there, was, yeah. there was literally nothing that I would not watch that man do. Um, even yeah. youth hosteling with Chris Eubank, I was all over that as well. He, he revolutionised, I think, that era when I think they did a fantastic job what were his contracts on so many fights in 12 months something like oh, eight. eight yeah it was he eight he seemed to be on TV every, but I tell you it don't matter who he whether he were fighting he, he got pulled a bit for some of his opposition but whoever he were fighting you know you are getting entertainment when, when Eubank were fighting fantastic he were in some fantastic fights and definitely definitely a modern great he used to love love watching Eubanks and speaking of him he's he's one of the greatest self-promoters, oh. self-publicists of all time. And, yeah. and once you got into that side of things as a, as a promoter yourself, then all of a sudden you realise, you would have known when you were fighting, but, but that's that you're a fighter on a bill and yeah. you're looking after yourself, but you knew that you needed to sell tickets and you could do yeah, that. Yeah. But what's been a real strength of, of, of your shows is in Barnsley, uh, in Rotherham, around your local area, you've managed to find fighters who can sell tickets or, or have you have you found fighters and then you've helped them sell yeah, tickets well, we how's have, it work as you see I I work hard on social media I'm, I'm, I probably do people's heads in but that you know as as a, as a promoter it's changed a bit when I was still fighting you had local press uh, you know you know local press had helped you know things and really help you build things up but there's no there's no press any anymore the newspapers have gone everything social media so that's just the power of we've got of of selling tickets but uh, i think it's a different thing too i think you know when you're when you're talking of a a eubank or someone like that who comes on he might not sell any tickets initially you know he's a bit of an enigma isn't he and i can't imagine he's down the booze with like 100 pals yeah. do you know what <laughs> i mean so but he's he's got a flamboyant colourful personality he jumped the ropes he was very he was kind of arrogant uh, you, you know what I mean he, so from a TV point of view he caught on and he was he became box office name and you, when you're talking as a ticket seller then you're talking like the thousands where I, I'd imagine guys like guys that Steffi's probably trying to put on shows and sell out at the Doncaster Dome or dinner shows you're literally relying on lads to sell 100 tickets, tickets or 150 yeah, to family and it, friends that type of thing hard. isn't it it's yeah, yeah it's brutal to be honest I, it's like I've got some kids that can uh, we're not going to start name dropping because it's singling out but I've got some fighters that are super super talented and struggling to do 50 tickets and, and, and that's where a, a good promoter or an honest promoter will, will step in a little bit take a bit of a gamble and uh, if the, if you think there's something about them, then you help them along. But what I tend to do is, I tend to put two or three 50-50 fights on where opponents are selling. 
from my main events and put proper fights on. There's not many that in the country that do what I do. I do. I'm putting intercontinental titles on. I've put British Commonwealth all the way out and on TV, just pure graft. But the knack of it is, is put proper fight, put proper fights on. You will put bums on seats. And on my shows, you could go round down on on box rec. There's been some cracking 50-50-50 fights on my cards. Consistency, and uh, we're on fighters, paying uh, and away fighters. And you've got to give them a purse that the that the they might get on TV. So I've paid some five grand purses out for English titles and things because if you want a proper fight, you've got to pay for it. And it's as simple as that. But if somebody's doing 70, 80 tickets, don't be greedy as a promoter. Think about having a fantastic show and breaking even. Uh, I mean, I've got like Terry Harper sold 50 tickets for her first fight two years ago. She's done 800 tickets for this. And it's only a second fight as a matchroom fighter. We've only had tickets five weeks. Matt, it, 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 it nail on Ed. You kind of personalities are different. Back in the day, I'd be pub selling tickets, having a glass of pot with my friends, having a pool competition. Them days have all gone. Pubs are on the pubs are on its ass. It's just not the same anymore. We've only got the power of social media. But normally, if you can fight, you, you, you'll a following will happen. It just takes time. Uh, Everybody's different, and it? it's the entertainment game, and you know, try and be a bit different. But it's hard; it's brutal because there's there's a lot of good fighters out there that can't sell tickets and won't get opportunities, and it's sad. It's just, but that is the business of boxing. There's no drama. There's no bullshit around it. You sell tickets, you'll have a career in the home corner. If you can't, it's very hard. I've got uh, look at the. I had Adam Jones, solid, solid fighter. Couldn't ever do a ticket. But he'd, he'd, go, he'd go and give... He'd never been stopped, never been in a fight, and even took a round in every fight, whoever he's been. He's never been beat, 60, uh, 64. And uh, wears his heart on his sleeve, an hard hard kid, but just couldn't sell a ticket. But he still had a fantastic career, still well-respected in boxing circles. And, and that's the brutality of professional boxing. If your face don't fit or you've not got a promoter that's going to invest, it's, it's very hard. I was, we were talking about this the other week... Um with Paul Ramsey, Paul Denson, he, yeah. as a professional, he was known as, and he, obviously his brother Mark, he had Anthony Maynard, good, pro, good, good amateurs, really good amateurs, ABA champions, all that. Turn pro, Brendan, got a couple of losses early on, you become forgotten about, yeah. you know, then there was no one really investing in them, then they're taking short fight notice because they're getting offered a decent purse abroad. Chris Saunders is a fine example. Gets another couple of losses and all of a sudden, no one cares about you and yeah. you, but you're still a talented kid and it, it's, the people... It's it's mad boxing. I mean, there's, there's there's tens and tens and tens of millions boxing, and you can't get a ticket for. A, there's, a, there's a show at Wembley. It's Anthony Joshua Frotch Grove. Yeah. You cannot get, get a, a ticket. ticket. And I'm gonna you're almost having to fall out with your pals to go and watch yeah. it, uh, to fill up a leisure centre. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, it, it's difficult. And I mean, it's John Pegg's good, fr- good friend of mine. I remember when John started out, and everyone's kind of super enthusiastic, and he you know he was trying to get everyone a win, you know. But I was like, John, you know. You've got Eddie McIntosh selling probably 500 tickets. He has to get a win because he's, he's, he's selling 500 tickets. But, you know, Dean Mitchell didn't sell five. So yeah. maybe Dean's got to win a 50-50 fight. Yeah. He's got to add value uh, to the show. show yeah. All right, Eddie's tickets. You, you've got some, whether it's money through the selling of tickets, whether it's you bringing his uncle 
owns a f- scrapyard and he wants to sponsor, sponsor the event, event or yeah. you know or if he's having a 50 50 fight and he's going to go in a ding dong and he adds value that way but at some point everyone can't be brought through as the you know the house fighter no, just on a free ride you know what i mean if they're gonna if they're, if they're not selling a ticket or they've got to bring value so the show way, yeah, or, some or you totally believe in him and, you, and you're happy to take the loss on him because yeah, you're yeah, investing in him. But at some point, do you know what I mean? You've got to understand what you're doing with, with each yeah, individual. It, what, I think boxing is uh, a for the casual. You can get slated for some of the decisions that you do, but you've got to under boxing's not. You, too many casuals are sitting at home and watching Anthony Joshua at main event in a world title. But just I've not got a clue the, the how boxing works. Uh, not just the business side, but just how it works. As simple as how it works. And it's not as it's not as foreseeable. So you're, as you're there busting your ass trying to sell tickets, getting and you're training the lads. You're making matches. I, I, I know what it'll be like because I've, I've, <laughs> yeah. I haven't been there and done it like you, but I've, but I've been around it a lot. And John Pegg, like safe mate, and I know the graft that goes on behind yeah. the scenes. And you know, so one lad gets injured and ends up not selling his tickets. That you could go from maybe say yeah. making a grand or breaking even to yeah. losing a couple of grand. Yeah. And, and that's after doing eight weeks of yeah, work in the gym, making I've, phone calls. I mean, I've done that on many occasions. You've got to be a bit mad to think that's a hobby. You know what I mean? <laughs> every, show that I, every show I do, I think, yeah, I'll few grand on this one. And then there's always someone gets injured. You ain't got much room, have you, forever? No, no. I know Andy does anyway, and I've said that, like the admiration that I have for the, the likes of yourself and John Pegg because you're really you're the heart and soul and the blood life of ne- the box in the gra- 22nd keeps it going. of February at Doncaster Dome in two weeks I've got a 10 fight bill I'll be in changing rooms wrapping hands warming them up I'll have somebody moaning outside that the meal's cold I'll have to be running out in between wrapping hands saying sorry to somebody <laughs> you get a bit of a bad look you might lose a couple of grand for the, for <laughs> the this is what I'm going to get to I'll, I'll <laughs> have to explain I mean? that I'm sorry that Some the chicken's crack, cold <laughs> then I'll run back in and carry on cutting the hand, uh, doing the hands and I'll be on my own at the end of the night there's nobody around me patting me up back everyone's gone home and I'll be driving home on my own thinking fucking hell I've lost three grand tonight my top up bill's lost blah de blah and it and it and it's just the way just the way it goes and it just just the way it is, um, and that's boxing. <laughs> my, my, my brother Seamus and his, uh, his mate Will Stokes they, they, they were running sort of MTK Birmingham and they put yeah. on a show, and it was a great show. Uh, I'm on about like you're gonna tell me how much they lost. Uh, uh, yeah, no, so it was a brilliant show. The lads, everyone won this. You know, there was a few ding dongs on it. It was, I mean, literally every single person that came said they had a great night. When's the next one? And I'm like, yeah, it was a great night. But Seamus and Will lost 700 quid each. I took two tables off them, which cost me about a grand. And you know, I could probably go to any show in the country on a freebie. I'd yeah. probably, probably get a few quid. <laughs> but I've gone yeah. to my own brothers, and it's cost, me, it's cost me a grand. Like, I'm giving them, you know. So it's, but it's you're doing it because you're hoping yeah. to try and build something. But at yeah. some point as well, if it's unsustainable, you can't keep no, losing no, money. No. But I mean, you don't want to win some, lose some. No, yeah, I'm not here and saying, oh, I lose money. I've had some shows. You know, we 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 earn money, of course, but. Uh, 
But you do take some hits as well. Yeah. It's not yeah, all winning. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head earlier. I, I, I were having a great show, and then two weeks before, you've got two fights fall off. You can't match it. Then you've got to fly two foreigners in. So the two grand that you were making has just gone straight away on flights and everything else that costs we a foreigner. It's hard. It's very stressful. You don't sleep well at night, wondering. Sometimes it's, you know, how much you're losing, how much you're earning. It's, I mean, for me, it's like the job I've done with, like, well, I can mention Gavin McDonald. Gavin McDonald never even had an amateur fight. He didn't know his left hand from, and his right hand when I first started with Gavin and, to, and, and, and uh, invested heavily in Gavin. Uh, the one that he once boxed at Barnsley Metrodome on his third fight, and I had to, it wasn't on my show, and I had to pay for the fight. And uh, but when, when like so all all the run up will, will have been costing me money for Gavin. Um, he wasn't a massive ticket seller. I think I got him to nine and 0, 10 and 0. and then he got signed by Matchroom up back again on 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 back of Jamie. And that what biggest? Thank God, I might try to earn some money now rather than it, it, you know. And that's the beauty about it. You do have, we do have success in there. And at, at forty two years old, I, I've like I say, I've seen it all. Terry Harper. Uh, at starting, you know, the story of starting and, and, and to where it is now, and it's like we do at the same time have memorable nights, as well as your your stress of getting over the line as a promoter. So you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't be counting it per show. What am I losing? What am I making and keeping you, a, a yeah. tally? You just have to think at the end of the year, 100%. are we moving forward? I'm happy where we're going. Yeah. Did, did, am I up? That, yeah. that, that's kind of how you have to kind of weigh it up because you're weighing it up every single little transaction. You'd be thinking, yeah. fuck this. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. If, 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 if my wife had seen his bank account, she'd be like, why the fuck are you doing this boxing? You know, it's just one of them. So how are fighters in terms of doing their bit? Because as we mentioned, you were a ticket seller yourself and you've, you've told us how how you used to go about that and that's that's how people did it until not yeah. that long ago you would go down the pubs and the clubs and yeah. you would get yourself out in the local press and, and you would shake people's hands and you would yeah. drop the money off and you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd give them a bit of face time and all the rest of it as you said to yourself that's not really as possible now as it was then mm-hmm. but in a way that okay that does make it more difficult but if a fighter wanted that as an, a bit of an excuse not to work too hard at their tickets yeah, the, they could take it yeah it's same again it's like because uh, being a fighter there's not an excuse a fighter can give you that you want or that you don't already know you know I've heard I, I've done it myself but every fighter that I get I sit them down and I explain I, I've never gave anyone any disillusion I explain how it is with tickets and I'll say to everyone I'll not just put you on the show and if you can't do tickets you've done I always say I'll give you a couple of goals and we'll see how you go I try and explain to how, how to use the social media and, and the biggest thing is just remember a ticket's not sold until it's been paid for I've had one lad tell me he's done 100 tickets and then he's turned up on night 70's letting down he's only done 30 tickets but he had, he had 100 names on paper and it's like that it's like you know there's 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 an act to selling tickets maybe you drop a ticket off you've got eight weeks notice go and tell someone you'll collect five pound a week who misses five if you want it bad enough there's not there's a way it's how bad you want it i sit and educate them about selling tickets and you know there's a, most fighters uh, are really really worried about turning pro because they already know the story is you've got to sell tickets 
but you never know until you have a go. So I always give everyone a go and, and, and see how... They, I've had some fighters... I bet I've had, over the years, I bet I've had 10 fighters uh, packing because they can't sell tickets. They've, they've had a go, realise they can't sell tickets and that's them done. And it's such a shame. Uh, but this is, this is the business of professional boxing. Eddie Earn wants you to do tickets. You don't. He's not. You know what I mean. It's just. It's about putting bums on seats. It's an entertainment. So, I try and help them and educate them. And, and there is an act to it. And it's. You get some that just don't put a Facebook post. Don't. You don't even know that a fat fighter. And it's like, well, why can't you sell tickets? You know, you you've got to try and sell yourself as well. Interestingly, too, when you look at some of your fighters, you mentioned the McDonald's, but. You think more recently of Jason Cunningham, uh, Josh Well, Lee Appleyard, Anthony Tomlinson. He, he sells a lot of tickets. They all kind of, they're all local boys done good. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the angle, isn't it? And you've obviously yeah. done very well with that. Then comes along, or rather somebody you talked back into boxing, uh, a fighter like Terry Harper. Yeah. Uh, and you've done the same thing, but this time it's local girl yeah. done good. Now, yeah. how, how different has it been? that journey with her well, because b- she's b- female b- I'm going to mention one because my biggest one but you, f- you forget and you'll keep yourself forgetting it Robbie Barrett of course Robbie yeah. Barrett is my biggest Robbie Barrett was from our amateur club and he turned pro at 18 he'd lost more than he'd won and I didn't want him to turn pro I wanted him to have a few more but because we had Jamie McDonald and everyone flying high everybody wanted to be a pro so I turned him pro he's still involved with the amateur gym now no no he's packed in now he's very content no you're still involved yeah, with the amateur yeah we have, an, we have an amateur club in his gym and, I, and I'm, I, I'm not full on but I'm in and around and stuff but uh, Rob, Robbie Barrett lost to what people would say is the worst journeyman he lost to Andy Harris in his 6th or 7th pro fight I think Andy Harris had three wins and lost about 100. One of his wins were Robbie Barrett. And I had, you know, even his, there were loads of people, why don't Robbie Barrett pack in? What's he doing it for? And all along, I've had him since then. There's something about him. He's very unorthodox. He's a southpaw. And that kid went on to uh, win Central Area title, English title. Then we went to Scotland as a, as a uh, nine-to-one underdog. To fight uh, Scott Cardell, who were twenty and zero at the time, not on the best of form with Sean Dodd results and things like that. But we went to Scotland with not a care in the world. There were me, me, him, and Ray Doyle in car. I, I, I went to London first before I got to Scotland. Went wrong way, and he was just so chilled. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just so chilled and, and not more a, chilled, lying yeah. out the window, and, 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 half, halfway and, back up the M40. Yeah, <laughs> and like Eddie's like, where are you? Where, what about this press conference? We're in London. Anyway, that's it. But but I just wanted to mention Rob because I think he deserves it. You know that. So I've worked with. I've never been had pleasure of working with an or an amateur star or anything. I'm very proud. You mentioned your Jason Cunningham, your Lee Appleyard, your Robbie Barrett, even Josh Well had come off defeats at featherweight, and and Jamie McDonald, Gavin McDonald. None of these were amateur stars. They were just average fighters that I've and I've took to that level and then Terry Harper was just like just Terry was from our amateur club she'd had uh, 16 junior fights that's all she had won three national titles and a silver medal in Poland and she got robbed blind in Poland for that for that and she was 16 just discovering her sexuality and kind of just fizzled out and it was a shame because I've always said how special she was as a young girl you could you know as Whoever were in gym and if Terry went on pads or sparring, people would stop and watch because 
she had the mechanics of them of 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 like what you'd say a manner she could do it and and all I'd done at the time if you remember that Jamie McDonald were in the gym and I just mimic what Jamie were doing hands up elbows in slip fantastic jab straight shot the basics of boxing you can't beat the basics of boxing so she 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 were very uh, very well schooled and when she walked away though a lot of us were broken hearted and then just forgot about she just forgot about because she were at university but just when it come right Terry's done and then all of a sudden Katie Taylor comes along and women's boxing's boom it's on Sky TV everybody sat at home watching and I'd got the text message and I was sat at home and Katie Taylor were fighting and I just sent Terry this random message text message saying basically Terry what are you doing with your life wouldn't you ever be interested in fighting again Women's boxing's massive. Uh, it looks like Sky Sports are investing heavily. You, you, you'd be stupid if you never gave it a go. And she inst- I instantly got uh, a, a message straight back saying, you know what, she called, uh, obviously, Andrew. You know what, Andrew, I've been thinking I'd like to box for a long time, but I never, just never never got round to it. And it was like, I was de- dripping into deep waters there because I've never worked with a female as, as a pro. We've had her since she were a... A young girl, so I, I was going into the unknown, and uh, so that were two years ago. That was a Saturday. Met her on a on a uh, on the Monday. Signed pro forms the, uh, the there and then. She didn't ask me any questions, anything financially. Always trusted me. Because we, we're from a village, we, we you know we're all friend family friends or, or whatever. And uh, it's a fantastic story to think she were done and dusted. And tomorrow, tomorrow night, because obviously we, she's going to be chief support within two years. She's already won an IBO title, got a, a, a big deal with Matchroom Sport. It's phenomenal, and I'm very proud because uh, we're from Derby Main, and it's a little pit village, a council estate. And there's nothing in it. There's nobody. Probably if everybody, if I knocked on every door now and scraped around, there'd probably be hundred quid in that in, in that village, you know. And and I can sit sit down. And all being well tomorrow, Terry's IBO and WBC champion at World, and I can sit down and, and think I've ch- changed that young girl's life forever. That's one man, one one text message, and but I put my heart and soul into Terry, and uh, I'm very now obsessed with women's boxing, and I were on verge of like people might have seen a few things I have put on social media with Scott Westcalf uh, losing his life. I were falling out of love with boxing. I won't train in any fighters anymore. Ray Doll were training most of my fighters. And Terry has reinjuvated me. She'd give me the love again. I've become obsessed. I'm now back training other fighters. And as much as, like, she's she's very thankful I can get a random text message one day. You do know I appreciate everything you do for me. And she's a beautiful soul. And uh, I'm grateful and thankful to her because if I didn't have her... I, I won't. I won't be here today. And I love boxing, being a part of this big event. So I, I, I owe a lot to her. But she's special. She, not just boxing. She's a special person, and I and I believe she's destined for greatness. Well, as I said at the start, by the time you listen to this, her fight will have been and gone. So we certainly hope that she is the new WBC champion. But even if she's not, she's very young and defeats are not the end of the world. She's only had nine professional fights, so whichever way that one has gone, we will be hearing a lot more about her in the future. I do think, to be honest, you're kind of underplaying your hand a bit there because with, with women's boxing, 
generally speaking, up until this point, the really popular fighters have been ones who have come out of the Olympics. Katie Taylor, Caressa yeah. Shields, Natasha Jonas had that Olympic yeah. background as well, of course. It's very important that that's not just it. Otherwise, the pool will be too shallow. Yeah. And you look at someone like Terry and Hannah Rankin is someone I know a little bit. And I know how hard she's had to work to get her profile up. There, yeah. but, but she's done it. So how did you do it? Because it would have been harder with her yeah. than it was with men. Well, nobody knew Terry Harper. What did they? I mean, within two years, we 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 were at. I mean, don't get me wrong. The depth of women's boxing is a lot different to male, but uh, there's that there's that saying that cream rises to the top. And you'll have seen if you're on my social media, I proper got her out there on my social media. Uh, in it, and it has been hard. And I did I didn't expect where we're at now. I didn't expect it in a million years. I had a I had like a, a three-year plan in my head. I was going to give her four fights a year. You hit the nail on the head. She she turned she turned pro at just 21. Not she'd not boxed, been in a ring for four years, and I just think she's just that good. It, it steamrolled. But when when people do, I know uh, Matt's commented on. I think what her last fight. Uh, you commented on Terry's last fight, I think. Yeah, I think and, so. Yeah. And you were and and your comments were very. But you can see it's like women's boxing. Is is uh, is, big, is is getting better and better, and the, and and the the quality is getting a lot better. But I think Terry's is a fine example as 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 you don't need a gold medal to to be successful. She 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 will she will uh, path the way kind of thing for others to be motivated. And look at that girl; she's not been to Olympics. And, and there'll be a lot more that will turn pro. Uh, Jamie McDonald didn't that, get... That's really important, isn't it? It's yeah. really important yeah. that people people do, see do you know someone what? break are... through from an unfashionable part of the country, maybe, like you say, from, yeah. from a little village, and that th- it can be done. It's it, massive, it's massive, and it can't be understated because, it, you know, if you're, if you're from a part of the country where it's not getting the limelight or aren't getting opportunities, to, to see someone that's gone before you that, that's done it, it, it gives you that hope. It inspires you. It, it makes you believe you can do percent. it. You know, and yeah. it's, that, that's crucial in any walk of life, let alone boxing. But I think, particularly in boxing. Yeah, at beginning a conversation, we're talking about the experience. I've been there as a fighter and stuff. Now, Terry Harper's not just come into a gym and achieved all this. She's had the right people behind her. I've had. We talked about the experience as a fighter. I've been a manager 10 years. I've been training professionals 10 years. We're obviously doing something right to work, to, to get to where we've got. And uh, it's surprising that having the right people behind you where you can get. I've got a, a good relationship with Eddie and Matt Shroomot back at McDonald Twins. So, you know, I've, I've been pesting Eddie. If you looked at seen Eddie's DMs, I've been pesting Eddie for 12 months about Terry. And, and he just kept saying, I'll stick her on a few shows, we'll keep eyeing on her. And, said, you know, she 12 months ago when she she, she was going up bottom at Peckin' It's the saying, and it keep knocking the door, the door. and someone will yes. answer. And it, you kept what, knocking the door. I, I begged <laughs> and pleaded with Eddie, come on, Eddie, I've got something special, come on. And he used to say... I'll but it's, it's, it's kind of a perfect example, isn't it? Because I remember this really well, because it was a Brooke Zarafa bill, which is, what, yeah. 14 months ago now. Yeah. Yeah. And she wasn't going to get TV. I think she yeah. might have been on Facebook, but I'm not yeah, entirely she, sure she yeah. was. And then David Avanesian against Josh Kelly, that fell out on the yeah. day of the fight. Yeah. Uh, and she was kicked up to the opening fight on TV. It's on TV. And she boxed really well. And all of a sudden... She looked a million dollars. That, that girl who she'd lost was a Tanzanian. And it's always a bit iffy when, when you're fighting these Tanzanians. But she'd had eight and one seven. 
she'd lost one on points to Nina Bradley. So it was a solid fight for me to take a gamble. Teddy had only had five fights, but I've always I, I know how special she is. But uh, we, we trained for it. We're only a six rounder, and so tell any 21, 22 year old that right, we're going on live TV now in an eight rounder. She was buzzing. When I, I says we've got an opportunity. Some are, I've got some men, some boys. A bit. Oh, I've not trained for eight rounds. Oh, live on TV. There's going to be. A, she was buzzing. What really? She was screaming. What? Re- oh, she's screaming round house that she was going on live TV and doing eight rounds. And that's when you know you've 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 got a little bit of something. So yeah, she looked good. She went out and and just walked straight through the girl. And then Eddie gave us another opportunity in Nottingham on one of the next gen uh, Jordan Gill cards. And then she boxed a girl called uh, Claudia Lopez from uh, Argentina, who had never been stopped, two a former two weight world champion. And Terry just didn't even get out of gear when she stopped her. And then Vivian Obanoff. When I look back now. It was a big occasion for Terry. This it will just announce this matchroom deal and stuff. And it was a big Vivian Obanoff who who stopped uh, Natasha, and she was vicious. We did that fight, didn't we? We did. Yeah. And, and and she looked vicious, and so she's so unorthodox is Obanoff. Even it's almost if she don't know what she's gonna do. Never. So the game plan was just to stick, move, keep composed, and uh, when I look back, I probably could have sent Terry out to be a bit more vicious and, and look at the stoppage but the fight she was winning that e- that easy and looking that good I kept telling her you know winning's enough let's just win and look good and the response she got from commentary and from all watching and social media were fantastic and now this Eva Wallstrom fight what uh, it's a dare to be great fight You've, when you just mentioned Terry's only 23 year old only had 9 pro fights only been a pro 2 year it's a massive gamble. Eva's only lost one fight to Katie Taylor on points, moving up a division. She's not been beat at this weight, and she's been WBC champion for five years. And they've, they've got Terry as a massive uh, favourite with the bookies. Don't know whether that's testament to how good Terry's looking or whether they've got it well wrong. And it's one of them where Terry Harper's got nothing to lose, everything to gain, because what's going to happen if she went and stopped Eva Wallstrom? What, what would happen then? What's people going to be saying then? It's just one of them fights where we've got nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. I think if she does game. go and stop, I think people will start th- saying how far off... Is Katie Taylor? Yeah. We're getting it already. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, if the opportunity's there tomorrow, we'll, 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 she'll be going for it. There will be no holding back tomorrow night. That, that, the atmosphere, I'm buzzing myself, I'm thinking about it, the atmosphere in there is going to be sensational. And there's going to be no holding about Eva's not a puncher, so I'm not... I won't be worried about uh, Terry being hurt. Yes, she punches hard enough, but she's not got a, a three stoppages out of 25 victories shows that she's a non-puncher. So, yeah, it's just one of them fights where it's daring to be great. Well, we'll definitely get her on this. Uh, she's sitting just a, a few yards away, actually, but um, with the timing of the fight, uh, it wasn't quite the right time for this one, but we will definitely speak to her in future. Uh, you did mention when the subject turned to, to Terry that... She came along at the right time yeah. because you went through what nobody attached to any fighter ever wants to go through, particularly, well, not particularly anyone, but as a promoter, the last thing you ever want to see is somebody get hurt, let yeah. alone somebody pass away. Boxing on one of your shows, and it, yeah. and it happened. It happened yeah. in that fight. And what I remember most about that is that, if my memory serves me correctly, 
you you were you were in another corner the next night. Yeah, crazy. Well, that that fight, but this is how this is how boxing works. That fight, uh, none of the fighters on the event were my fighters. Carl Greaves manages Dex Bellman, who sells well, is from Scunthorpe, sells well, and uh, Scott Westcalf were with Glynn, and 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 they they agreed the fight themselves, and I were happily it were a cracking fight, and I put it on, so I got no emotional attachment to to any any of the fighters. Curtis Woodhouse should have been the main event versus John Wayne, but follow, following him, and uh, when it's happening on the night. The last thing you think about is a serious injury. Uh, Safety is paramount in boxing. They explained to me that uh, they're going to have to stop boxing because paramedics needs to get this. Our fine, our fine. You, there were there were a couple of drunken people in crowd wanting the ticket money back, but to them, I, I've realised an hour later uh, how serious it was, and I laid in bed. I, my wife were away, so we're on my own. So I drove back from Donny Dome, show one over, cancelled. I lost a hell of a lot of money that day. Enough that any promoter probably won't promote us then. I paid Curtis and John Wayne a bit TV money for their fight. And I, I, I did not get a wink of sleep. I looked at the ceiling because my wife wasn't there. I cried knowing and, and, and how much that young man had lost his life for. Uh, Okay, now when I really do think about it, it's upsetting, mate. But I, lo- I looked at, just looked at the ceiling all night, and I'm like, what am I doing? And then I had to what's get it, up. What are you thinking? What's it all about? What, what's it all about? My wife wasn't there, so I had no one for a cuddle. She thinks she's on holiday with my kids, and I looked at about, and I had to drive. Jason Cunningham were on TV the next night fighting Jordan Gill, and that was a cracking fight. And I and I gone and picked him up, and because it's brutal this game as a parent. We did that a, fight, didn't we? Your we did, home. we did, yeah. It, no, it were in, uh, it, well, I think it were in uh, Manchester, a small, it were in a small hall. That's right, it was a Sunday, it yeah, was a Sunday, it was at Victoria Warehouse. Victoria Warehouse. Oh yeah, that's why we did it there, yeah, I remember. And I drove to pick Jason Cunningham up for biggest fight, you know, you're on TV, biggest fight he's ever going to be in. I'd not had a wink of sleep and I cried up and I, it was a cracking fight and I cried all night. And I've got to be there as if everything's normal, and 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 it's like there's no mention of anything because how how can you go on way to a fight and start talking that what's what's gone off the night before it just just gone off, and then Jason goes and gets beat and it was a brutal fight Jason you know and and and, and same again and I, and it all kicked in I drove on, and we had to stop the car I was sick physically pulled up the side of the road just all the emotion just got to me, and same again I got on that night. And it was just like, what the f***? Hey, everybody, this is Moto G Pete from the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. What am I doing? I think you see a lot of that in boxing, people dealing with things <laughs> retrospectively, you know, because yeah, yeah. at the time, in order to kind of cope and to just get, get on with it, you just block Boxing's it out. Boxing's all I know. And so, it, but, but at some point, you're going to have to deal with all that shit. Yeah, but bo- boxing's all I know. It's what we do. So we all know how brutal it is. You've been in brutal fights. 
you've watched brutal fights. It is brutal, but like, it's the only thing I know. So I was questioning, why am I doing it? I don't need to be doing this. And then a few days later, you go back to gym and then you're like a family in your own gym. When you're in a gym environment, you are a family and then you're there and you think, as much as then I'm having doubts, why am I doing this? You've got to balance the good against the bad, exactly. haven't you? You've got to see, exactly. look, you say and there, Terry Harper, she's you know, she's living her dream, she's boxing on television, exactly. she's fighting for a world title. It, uh, you see young kids, let's say they don't go come world champions, but maybe it gives them direction in life, gets them off the street. You, you're going to have tragedies, you're going to have yeah. losses, you're going to have you're gonna we lose know, money, we know, we know you're going to have bad we're signing nights. Up for yeah, yeah, exactly. That, exactly. And that's what it is. So it's going at that with a dark time, and it's a dark time that it don't get talked about. I, you can go to show, and it's just how it works. You go to shows now, and Scott will be forgotten about, and it's sad, really. And 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 it's just, it's walk of life. We've got to be honest. Things happen, things get forgotten about, and things we look forward to. And and it, and it's sad, and it what a sad time. And Matt's just mentioned that I'm, you got, and then you have great nights that comes along with it. But it's just a brutal business. But what in? What in a brutal it's a roller coaster, isn't it? And yeah. You, so you got to manage. You're gonna have bad nights. You're gonna have dark times. You're gonna have some soul searching. But then you got to balance it about the best nights of your life and all the good it gives you. Yeah. You, you've got, yeah. And, and I think I've, as long I, as the goods outweighing the bad. Yeah. That that is. A, it's just what I do. It's just what we do. I had my first fight at 11 year old as an amateur. There's, there's, it's just I don't know anything else, or I've not done anything else except boxing, and it's just it is. It's just what I do, and you know, I, you know, this will be it till till the end of my days, kind of thing. Whether whenever it is, but if you cut me in half, and there's probably says boxing in you know in the middle of me. But yeah, it's I love what I do, and I'm very proud of what I do. Uh, I've sacrificed a lot for for a lot of for, for a lot of my fighters. I've got two two daughters that now are twenty and eighteen year old, and I've probably missed so much of their life where my wife's done everything because I spent that many hours in gyms driving up and down country and sometimes it's sad because there's a lot of fighters will come and go and it's never a thanks and I've, I've learned the biggest experience I've learned is not to uh, feel sad about anything not to hate anyone and just remember that it's a job and, and and just enjoy it, and because there's sometimes I've had fighters go to other gyms, want want contracts back, wants to move on, work with a different trainer, and I've had I've cried, I've been down at dumps, and you think you know what? It's boxing. It's, what, it's, it's trying not to. T- it's, it's a tough one, boxing, personal. because it's like, don't take it personal. Yeah. It's just business. That's it. It's easier said and done when it's your blood, sweat, and tears. It seems very fucking personal. Yeah. But. It, it is a business as well, yeah, do you know what 100%, I mean? Yeah, percent yeah. And, and just because you give it your all, because that's the type of person you are, if you're, a, if you're the type of person that gives it your all, goes above and beyond, that's it's, who you are, yeah, and, and don't change who you are, yeah. but at the same time, don't become too attached. Yeah, exactly. And that's the that's the biggest thing that I have learnt, that not, you know, don't take anything personal, don't be, you know, it's, and, enjoy and, it. And enjoy it as it goes yeah. as well. Yeah, 100%. So you don't feel like, you know, you, you're not... Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's diff- different for me because I've never, I've never signed that contract where I've agreed to step through the ropes, and I know that I'm going to try and hurt you, and you're going to try and hurt yeah. me, and something could happen, and we both know it could. And I think anybody who sits in my seat, at some point during your career, you will you will feel conflicted by the fact that you earn money out of boxing, and yet you've never taken yeah. that risk. Yeah, I, I think everybody, I think everybody does. But, but to put myself in your shoes, although it's difficult, 
it seems to me like it's if this makes any sense at all it's too serious potentially a business to take it too seriously yeah because if you sweat the small stuff with it and then something massive happens like it did yeah how are you supposed to make sense of any of it yeah it's just you just roll with it you learn to experience that comes you 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 you've had you've been in some of the biggest fights that can be out there world title fights you look, and then and then you, you when you say you go back to Lucasin at Facey you think it's the end of world at time don't you and you just whatever gets thrown at you it's just you just learn to deal with it it's just not you know it, you just learn to deal with it I think boxing as a fighter as a manager trainer the business side of it, it there's one thing it'll do and it it builds character. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit. Yeah, yeah you know, just it builds a bit. Character, man. You're, you're either laughing or crying, aren't you? There's not. Yeah. There's not a great deal in oh, between. It, it, it's there's there's not. You, you always say there's not much I haven't seen, but there's always something that will come and happen that you haven't there's come more. across. There's more. There's always something <laughs> right corner yeah, that you're gonna. gonna whether it's this weekend, next weekend, weekend after, there's always something that you're, you're never gonna experience and. Oh, this is a new one. How am I going to deal with this kind of thing? And it and it and it's great because, like I say, I'm sat here now. It's all smiles. I'll be at Doncaster Dome in two weeks, wondering how much I'm losing. You know, it's just the beauty of boxing. <laughs> so, so when you look back on on what's happened so far, what what would you say is the what would you say is the strangest thing that's happened in terms of the life of a small hall promoter or, or, or a manager or trainer? Because as you say, some 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 odd things. Oh, you see, you see. Obviously, the the the, the tragedy that happened, and 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 uh, that were very sad. And then and then like uh, Josh Well winning the British title after uh, so much heartache and so much failure and losing big fights. And then I got him a British title fight in the own corner. Finally, war on TV. We, you know, we 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 did it through all That 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 them them are special times. You know, oh, when, whilst we're on Josh, it, 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 it was absolutely brilliant when he won that British title. Yeah. Everybody who's ever seen him fight was just so pleased for him. Yeah, what a great... T- tell us about his European title fight, because that was away from home. Yeah. And I tried to watch it, and there were a few of us online who were trying to watch he, it. He, and someone eventually managed to send some kind of stream so, around, and he was winning easily. Yeah. And then the coverage got, got, got it, cut, co- or it co- disappeared. I co- mean, co- coverage... Because he stopped after about six rounds, didn't it? But the pattern were exactly the same, except except Josh went on stronger. But it was a European title fight, and he, he, the uh, I think the original opponent got injured or went out, and we got we got five weeks. And obviously, Josh has not got a TV promoter. You get offered a European title fight in France. What do you say no, or do you box? At Barnsley Metrodon, where you're busting your balls doing tickets. So we took it, uh, George or his name was. And to be fair, probably probably Josh won nine of the 12 rounds, just got on his chest, same old Josh Whale, got on his chest and just worked away. There were only one winner. It was in a little sports hall, not on, no one in middle, in, uh, in a little town in, in, in France. We got put up in this travel lodge about 10 miles away. Oh, it was a nightmare, to be fair. There were a lot to it. Josh got dragged around on the morning of the fight for Bloods. Uh, weighing what we got told the weighing one, one o'clock in the afternoon. It was at six, seven o'clock at night. So when you're massive at the weight, Josh is very, wouldn't have a drink or anything till he got on the scales. And it's just like, like you say, it's boxing, in it? They just did everything in the power 
and and yeah, one 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 judge gave it us by a couple of rounds, and then the others gave it uh, Josh. But yeah, that was sad really because Josh were denied a European champion. Should uh, uh, same again. That's boxing. I've, I've like this. This will happen again next week or weekend after. It might happen at tomorrow night's show. And it's just a business of boxing. Sometimes decision go, sometimes decision go for us. Sometimes they go away. It's great when it goes for us, but you know it's not so great when it goes against us. And I think that's why we all love boxing. Sometimes, how many times have you sat as uh, when you're scoring a fight and you're watching commentary and you, yep, yep, red corners won this fight, and then all of a sudden you get this crazy scorecard and you just wonder what fight they've been watching. And I think that probably that brings same when you mentioned character. It's it's character the, to the sport of boxing, and it's just how it just how it goes. Uh, boxing scoring is so subjective, isn't it? It's like you know. So yeah, it's it's uh, it was a, a weird experience with Josh in, in 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 France, but you know you can't buy experience. It was it was a privilege to take him over to to think he was coming off a couple of defeats. To get him an English title, a British, defended it a few times, then a European title. It's a great story, so another one I'm proud of. Yo, I'm DK, co-host of the One Star Recruits podcast. My best friend Rip and I host five-star athletes, celebs, business leaders, comedians, and coaches from around the world. Each week, I can guarantee you the show will always have great laughs, catch up on life's in relatable ways, and have a ton of fun. We're recruiting you. We are the one stars, which means we can ask the questions that no other podcast asks to guests like Joey Chestnut, Evander Holyfield, Bobby Hurley, Jenny Finch, Ryan Lochte, Montel Jordan. New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts. One Star Recruits. It's just a good example of of how different boxing is to other sports because if you try to explain that set of circumstances to somebody in another sport and bear in mind that this is a very got, a I very high standard on social media about. why are you sending Josh Josh Whaling away to fight in France for a European title well I've got no TV how can I afford to put a European title fight on Josh has Josh got offered it got offered the fight as uh, as you, you know you're a, you're an opponent you're not what do you do say no to a to, to a European I'm going to uh, Bilbao on uh, what 9th of May with Gavin McDonald to challenge uh, Andoni Gargo for for European title it's what, what do you do say no Gavin's mandatory in terms of, uh, of what you'd be getting if you were a matchroom fighter what he got as European so you go very confident Gavin beats Andoni Gargo but it's the business of boxing. I can't afford to put a European title fight on, so you go... And that's it, the, the business of boxing. boxing. It's a business, it's not just a sport. Some sports are just sport. Well, yeah. you know, they're a business, yeah, but with, yeah. for, the, for the person participating, to them it's a sport. And, you know, we talk, we've said it a few times, you know, whoever wins Wimbledon or golf, it's it doesn't matter what their personality is like. like no, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a set, it's a set it's, money, yeah. and that's it where boxing, it, it, the, it, the sport... The business side of it, it's like it affects every single. As a, man, as a manager, you've got to you've got to do what's fin- financially correct for 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 your fighter. 
some fight you've got an, a 20 year old fighter that's got no family it might be a little bit different to when you've got a 33 year old man that's got a mortgage and two young babies you, 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 your mentality of making certain decisions is different uh, you know, there's some fights I've, I've returned a, a decline for some of my fighters. For fact is, there might only be 22 and 9, 10 and 0. Oh. Them there's, fights there's, will always no be there. There's no way to do it because there's just it's too just, many yeah. different variables. Uh, it's like it depends on so many different, different things. Scenarios. What, there's sometimes there's big, there's there's life changing decisions that can be made, or you know, somebody might be thinking, "Well, you're mad sending Gavin over there and he's been on match run. Well, if you're not getting any opportunity... I mean, Gavin's last big fight were in Chicago for the world title and he gave a great account of himself. His next fight is at Barnsley Metrodome doing a six-rounder. You know, if if there's not an opportunity there, I had to bring him back. I got him made mandatory at a weight above. I did done a fantastic job. Now he's going to, now he's going to France. Uh, sorry, Bill Bow for the for the uh, European title. But if he wins, he'll get another world title fight. If he does, I'll still sit him down and say, Gavin, I think I think it's the end of the career now, mate. You're 33, 34 year old. You've had a fantastic career. If you can't beat Andoni Gargo, you're not going to go and go on and, and you've got to be real with these fighters. And it's a must-win fight for Gavin. And if he wasn't to win, I would be advising, you know, he's had a fantastic career, let's call it quits. But I'm very confident he beats Cargo, and that's why we're going. So, on that subject, how difficult is it to tell a fighter that now is the time? I mean, when you were boxing that final fight against Curtis Woodhouse, as I referred to it earlier on, and it was... It was a Wild West type affair. Yeah. Andy Scott was filling me in. So, yeah. did you did you know? I knew. Well, I knew, I, I was thirty three year old. Uh, that that night, Jamie McDonald defended his European title, but I, it were it were the injuries that I was picking up as a fighter, cortisone injections, uh, feeling tired when when eighteen months ago before I was feeling super fit, and I think a clever fighter knows. But sometimes you've got to watch out for some fighters, and you've got to be telling them, you know, I, 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 you know, I think this is coming to an end. And uh, there's some fighters that it's not the end, and 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 it's an ad. You've got there's like you say, there's a scenario. There's it's uh, there is a time and the time, and you've got you've got to have an understanding when a fighter's the end of a career, and you've got as a manager. You've got to be able to be able to stand for yourself and tell them that it's the end. Advise them. I've, I'm not going to name names. I've, I've I've told a few fighters before that I think they've done, and I and I think for the best interest. And then they've they've left me and gone signed elsewhere and, and still chasing that still chasing that dream. And don't diss them or anything. It's just I I if I strongly believe that a fight is done, or I've done best I can for them. Uh, and then, and then they want a decision to move on. They've got families to feed and everything. It's not, it's not a bad thing or anything. It's no, just it's, it's gone past the point where it sits comfortably with you yeah, now because yeah, you don't exactly. agree with there's it. No yeah, hard, I understand. There's not, you can't have hard feelings towards any fighter wanting to earn a quid and, and feed a family. Like you say, boxing's a business, and if that's if that's how they're putting food on the table and things, you can only respect it. And I don't fall out with fighters. Sit, if you're managing, it has to sit morally with you as well, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. You put as a manager and, and a, a trainer, you, you, I'm giving somebody my time. And there's a saying that you can't buy time. And if I think that my time with them's not done, it's just I've got to. Same as they decide to want to fight, I'm deciding that 
the energy I've putting into it, I, d I don't think I can get anything back from it. I want to put it into someone else kind of thing. And uh, yeah, so you know, you, you, you come from some fighters and they carry on and that just is what it is. Like I say, that's the business of boxing. There's been many a times that when I started that I've cried when some fighters have moved on or and, and moved on and stuff or wanted to work with other cultures. And you can't, you can't do it. And it will always happen. It just fighters come and go. Uh, as a manager or promoter, you're, you're the one that's longevity. You're the one that uh, that's in. Fighters will come and go. I've made some great friends with fighters. I've got special bonds with some and I'm running one at minute with Terry Harper. So... It's great. It's just just boxing. Just look, look like as Matt says, you just can't take it personal. Can't take boxing personal and enjoy it. Don't let it dictate your life. Don't let it become boxing, boxing. I've got a wife and two daughters at home who I love dearly, and that's that's what matters. I've just managed, managed. I'm just lucky enough to be in a job that I think I'm good at, and 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 I love. I'm just waking up. I go to bed on a night. I don't even need an alarm clock. I'm up, you know. I just love love being in my own gym, and I just just love it. So I'm very lucky that I can I live a good life through doing something I love. There's people getting up and gonna, uh, you know, factories or being in jobs they hate, and you know, drinking four cans on a night to forget about getting up on a morning. I don't drink. I'll only drink if I, I only drink if I go in a pub, and I probably drink too much when I am in the pub. But I love my job, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be sat with all guys. I've got good health, and I love what I do. It does seem fun down at your gym. You, you and Ray Doyle seem to have a good yeah. time of it. A good time of it. Doing bits. Doing the, bits, yeah. Uh, as a Steffi or, it, or, goes. or it's jobs fucked. I to say, oh, no, no, jobs <laughs> fucked, honey. I don't know. But yeah, it, well, you've got to have banter, haven't you? You've got to, you know, boxing's serious, in it? We've, we've talked about how serious it has been and some of the things I've got in. Have to you, enjoy it. Have a laugh. Yeah, you've got, listen, you've got to have fun. Because if you're not having fun, you're not enjoying it, are you? Speaking of which, we won't keep you too much longer. What would you say has been your your biggest high? Your 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 kind of it, it could be anything really. It doesn't have to be what you would say is your most notable achievement, but the Me, thing that is guaranteed to make you to make you laugh the most when you think about it, smile the most. Robbie Barrett's story, the old the old scenario. Jamie McDonnell had a had a, had a great run with Jamie. What a character Jamie is. Lovely kid. Uh, had a great run right up to winning IBF world title, uh, and the story with Gavin McDonald. Gavin never had a, never. Gavin had to have a trial bout to turn pro. He was the he was the twin brother of European champion, and he, I'm so proud to have took Gavin to where he's got, being his own man. He's no longer. Uh, Jamie McDonald's brother is Gavin McDonald, and, and and so I'm very proud to be a part of that. And so, you know, like you say, lows are obvious. And uh, I've had some great nights in boxing and, and, and hopefully I strongly believe that I'm going to be having some fantastic nights with Terry Harper. And hopefully in the next few years, a big pay-per-view event with the most obvious. I think that's, uh, that's how good she could become. I think Terry could... Sounds crazy, really, because I, I would never have even dreamed of this when Terry first pro, but I think uh, she could be about... Uh, about take part in pay-per-view events with the right opponent and so let's let's fast forward let's let's uh, leap into the future 20 years from now let's just assume we're all still here hopefully it's always best to be optimistic <laughs> um, I won't be in boxing if that's what you're going to be <laughs> no, that was my but, question that yeah, was my no, question uh, 
I don't know. I think I, even though I'm only well, like you're definitely being boxing at that point in pretending. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're definitely being boxing. I mean, boxing. I'm only, you know, I'm only 42 <laughs> years old. But saying, One more year, that's it. I mean, shut up. I, you were always going to be in boxing. But yeah. I'd rather be sitting at your end than doing it, and you know, and getting get, getting paid a little bit for doing, just having an input. But no, seriously, I, I've got no plans on anything at, at the minute. All my energies. I'm two years into my new gym. I absolutely love my my old gym. My wife manages it, so we 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 we're running it together. And uh, I've got no plans. I'm just really enjoying being what's happening on the roll with Terry Harper at minute so it'll be very interesting to see where that goes and who knows what the future holds I think that's a good philosophy just just roll with it and see what happens yeah. because as the saying goes life is what happens when you're making plans and, and, and you know it's about the journey isn't it yeah. these are all cliches I'm you coming never, out with now but it doesn't mean they're not true you never know what's right corner do you it's like I would I mean you keep going back to Terry I would if somebody said to me five years ago where women's boxing is now, I would have like no chance, no chance you're gonna have women in big fights in Sky TV, no chance you're gonna have a headlining arenas, uh, and you know, like you say, so you never know what's around the corner in boxing. So I suppose you can never say never, but just enjoy it, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the ride, and just you know. That's it. You, you- You've got a goal. You need a goal. You need you need to set goals because you need direction. Yeah. And then you're aiming at that. You're aiming at the goal, but you, you don't know how the fuck it's going to go to get there. You just <laughs> you just know you're going to get there because you're going to go yeah. up. You're going to come back down. You're going to take one step forward, three back, five sideways. You're going to have setbacks, injuries, fallouts, but you just got to keep going. Just got to keep going, keep going, keep going, and just keep striving for that goal. And if you believe it and you put the work in, you will get there. But you, it won't. It never happens the not, way not, we think it's going to happen. Yeah, you know. nothing's ever given in this game, is it? Nobody, you know, when you were a fighter, Matt, you're the one that's getting up every morning, going running. You're the one that's, you've got your coaches there and you've got your managers making your fights, but you made your own path as a fighter. You've, you know, when you've I, got when to I turned, When I turned pro, I think I was six and I was on a big feature page in the Boxing News saying, uh, you know, the, the British De La Hoya and... I was six and out at the time, and, and then I did a big feature on me on Sky Sports. The next big, I was I was in the Sunday Times magazine. The next big thing, Frank Warren was saying, I was Beckham in gloves. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you know there was, you know, the, oh, I want to say the next big thing. Like they chose a boxer that wasn't. It was me. It, it could be, it could be anything. It could be a DJ. It could be an artist. I was Sky Sports did, uh, you know, an hour long feature on me again. This prospect going forward. You know, at 24, I'm lying in a hospital bed, waking up, having been taken there by an ambulance yeah. I'm on a drip for exhaustion and dehydration I've just lost for the British title having already lost uh, a 10 round against Andrew Facey a couple of years earlier and I'm thinking you know I, I, I never in my what's that my wildest dreams I never in my worst nightmares envisioned a few years later I'm going to be 24 and, and I've already with two losses on my record having not even won a British title you know but but uh, but I kept going yeah. and eventually, yeah. you know, I ended up yeah. fighting two pound for pound as Hall of Famers in Golovkin yeah. and Martinez. Martinez, nip and tuck fight, Sturm, robbed in Germany, you know, still won British two times European. So it was like, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm calling the fights every week on Sky and I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. You know, but at, like I say, at that, at that moment in time, <laughs> when I'm lying in the hospital bed, if I was going to say, no, I'm still yeah, going to go on and do what I did do after that, everyone would have said, you're on drugs, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have believed It's me. like you're saying, your goal, Goal, you've kept striving, nothing's given, and if you want some, you know, I pestered and pestered and pestered Eddie 
You know, there's tens of other fighters I'm pesting him about, but he's, he won't. He's we, not. We don't plan for setbacks, really, no, because no, we don't want to. We don't no, want to think negatively. No, but at the same all. time, let's but say if you're the manager it, looking, you know they're gonna come. Yeah. Nothing's gonna go smooth. We we, it, we plan it smoothly. But it's, when a, it's when always it's gonna go smoothly. When and then it's, it's least just, unexpected. When yeah. when some like drastic you said, happens. rolling with the punches. Yeah. You just gotta be able to roll with the punches as they come. If you can deal, you know, it's just. It's it's like you say. We go back and it's exactly what you said. It's character, isn't it? It's how it's how you deal with these setbacks when they come and and uh, they're coming. Yeah, they're coming. Oh yeah, yeah. Some on at least expected, and and that's when it hits your hard. And like you say, we're going to have highs, we're going to have lows. And I'll tell you something else: the lows hurt a lot more than when the highs feel the highs are great. You know, there's nothing worse than a low. Whether it's a defeat, one one minute I'm in uh, Scotland with Robbie Barrett winning Cardell, greatest night of my life, and then he's getting uh, knocked all over by Lewis Ritson, and it's heartbreaking because I always know how good Lewis Ritson was, and uh, for for him to be goes and goes that, and then the slam Lewis Ritson on him as a mandatory, he, he wins on a Saturday, Lewis Ritson slammed on us on the Wednesday, and it and and it's like. Talk about a low, you know. Let the lad enjoy being British champion, and 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 let let, let us at least have a voluntary. Let me pick someone. And it, the business of boxing, and you just learn to roll with it. What else can you do? No, and you, you're doing. Listen, there's been a few cliches thrown around on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> you know, to, to in order to enjoy the sweet, you have to taste the sour, and and, and that, that that's so true because it, it until you've tasted, until you've experienced the rock bottom or, or a real low. I think it's it's easy to take the highs for granted, yeah. you know. Okay, well we'll we'll leave it there. Just before we go though, um, just want to mention someone who who's been one of my favourite fighters for the last for the last few years. And you're not really supposed to have favourites if if you do what I do, but but he's allowed because he's one of our away corner fighters, uh, and he's just hung them up a few weeks ago. By the time you hear this, and it's William Warburton. Are you going to uh, say? Brilliant. Loved watching him down the yeah. years. Loved watching him. He he was he was just the a great example of what that role is about. He was a very skilled fighter, as so many of them, as so many of them are in the away corner. He could have won a lot more than he did. He probably should have won a lot more than he did yeah. if some decisions had gone his way. But he won every now and again. Not too much that the phone would stop ringing. But other than win, what he also used to specialise in, and I used to particularly enjoy this, say he's boxing a six-rounder in the away corner as always tuck up and just look after himself for the first four rounds lose those four rounds so he's kind of on course there to yeah. do what he's supposed to do which isn't win then the last two rounds he'll go to work and his yeah. opponent by the end of the fight will be hanging on for dear life yeah. now they've still won so everybody's happy but nobody's left in any doubt yeah. who the better of the he, two is we talked about Adam Jones earlier and it very similar and obviously being a promoter I've, I've had William on my shows a few times and when he walked in I'd go up to William and I'd say, I hope you're not going to try tonight, William. And he'd just laugh at me because if he tried, you know, he was turning your boy over. you got uh, X who's done 150 tickets. Last person you want coming is William Warburton. But, yeah, what a fantastic career. I think it 200 fights over. Uh, got all his faculties. Very well respected in boxing. And I wish him all the best in his retirement because he is a proper fighter. 
Yeah, and uh, we echo all of that. So all the best to you, Willie, if you're, if you're listening in. We'll, we'll tr- see if we can get hold of you and Joe Pennington at one point. I'm sure that'll make for, a, for an interesting listen. Uh, John Pennington, great fella. Yeah, he's a character. <laughs> uh, he actually, yeah, the, the, the list is long for this, but when we're up in Manchester, maybe we'll give that a try. So thanks for listening, everybody, as, uh, as always. And, yep, the usual thing, the thing I always say, but it does matter if you can get onto iTunes and, and give us a rate, leave us a review. That keeps us up in those charts which is which is always a good thing and we will catch you again next time round a corner could that someone be Mac the night there's a tugboat down by the river don't you know where a cement bag just drooping on down Oh, that cement is just, it's there for the way to dare. Five will get you ten old Mackies back in town. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.